Here's how it works. You wait till your man is attacking. And when he's close enough, attack! Yeah, but that would be face contact. I'd be disqualified. That doesn't help well, He out. ran into your fist. Not your fault, right? Right. Huh? Well, he can't continue. That means you win. <laughs> you like that, Mr. LaRusso? Yeah, I like that. Good. Give it a shot. Welcome to Karate Kid 3 Minutes, a podcast where we discuss the Karate Kid Part 3, three living, breathing, fighting minutes at a time. I'm Robin. I'm Matt. I'm Mel. Hey, Mel. Oh, hi. And we also have another guest with us joining us today from Cobra Kai Companion. Welcome back, Peter. Hey, thanks for having me. It's been a uh, it's been a while, um, at least a year, I'd imagine. Really? <laughs> probably, yeah. probably. Uh, have I been on the third movie yet? I don't think so. I don't think so. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. And, and you know, you guys took Maybe a break, uh, covered yeah. Cobra Kai, so probably, yeah. you know. My life is passing me by. I know. <laughs> I move uh, so fast. Do, I you guys have, have so many other guests. You guys don't, or... don't think about me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, Peter, we definitely want to start this week by getting your uh, history with Karate Kid Part 3. Uh, is it uh, your favorite? Is it your least favorite? What, what's your deal with it? Um, I mean, if I had to pick one, I, I would say least favorite, but it, it's it's not like... I didn't like the movie. It's just not one that I really uh, grew up watching. Um, I have shared many times on my pod, on uh, probably on your guys' as well, uh, when we covered the second movie. But that's just the one that I watched the most was part two. And then um, I would definitely say part one came in second in terms of um, how often I watched it. The third movie we owned is just not one I revisited. Um, I just, I don't have like a memory of like, oh, I don't like, you know, Silver or Barnes or anything like that. Um, I think... Maybe, you know, if I had to take a guess, maybe I didn't like the way Daniel treated Miyagi uh, as a kid because, you know, we all love Mr. Miyagi and to see somebody mm-hmm. mistreat him in such a way that, you know, like this is supposed to be like a father to you. Um, maybe, maybe that's it. But as I got older, I was like, yeah, yeah, this, this one's not so good. You know, <laughs> kind of like the writing didn't make sense. Um, you know, I didn't really care for, um, you know, the platonic relationship between Daniel and uh and jessica so it, it could be a few of those things there i gotta i gotta challenge you oh sorry i go. gotta say you no, redeemed please. yourself there you just redeemed yourself what do you mean by like saying like oh yeah i liked it better as it went on it's like good no. good you better <laughs> <laughs> now, i gotta challenge you uh sure daniel mistreats me at miyagi but does miyagi mistreat daniel a little bit in this movie <laughs> uh, not taking we- his problems seriously which problem? The, 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 um, He's really the worried about there. those bullies that keep threatening him, and Miyagi's like, oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, there's definitely some of that, but if, you know, <laughs> he didn't want to train him, like, early on, so, you know, Dan should have just left it, but, I mean, I guess it's Cobra Kai as well, you know, kind of um, not really instigating, you know, between the two of them, but that, that they are the reason that there's this, this problem between the two. That 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 is a similar Cobra Kai. Uh, it's yeah. a similar situation here where Amanda doesn't understand the uh, the <laughs> seriousness of of the threats. Uh, Miyagi is the Amanda in the situation. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I do have to apologize for Mel. You know, whenever she hears any negativity about Karate Kid Three, she like comes on like Mike Barnes and the whole like sign the application <laughs> vibe. Like you yeah. can't like it. You yeah. never have to apologize for my behavior, Robin. I am responsible <laughs> for my own behavior. All right, all right, all right. Um, 
But, uh, well, I, I mean, Peter, as we got into bringing Terry Silver into Cobra Kai, I'm sure you had to become even more familiar with it, revisited it, you know, several times, uh, you know, to figure out what Terry might be doing. And uh, how do you think, uh, how well do you think they pulled it off on the show? I mean, the writers are brilliant. Um, I don't think that's a secret. Uh, every season continues to get better, uh, at, at least, you know, in my opinion. And I think that is the majority. Um yeah, so much time has passed. They really could have written anything and everything makes sense. And it's nice that Crease and Silver um, had a kind of parted ways. And you would have expected as much after what we see in the events of the Karate Kid Part 3. Um, and the way they build up that tension and the way they set up the relationship in the, uh, in the past in Season 3, um, really loved uh, seeing Terry Silver uh, in the show because it did make me appreciate the character even more. Um, I don't think I've gone back to watch part three since, uh, season four has been out though, but, (laughs) but also we're still like in the middle of our season four reviews. (laughs) Well, you have just a few more months. (laughs) Yes, I do. So a little bit of pressure right now. We're like interviewing people involved with the musical. So, um, yeah, yeah, just, we're trying to find time to, to get to those. What? There's, oh, a There's a musical? Yes. You guys are wrong. Whoa. Robin. Robin. Hey, I, yeah. It's, it's Matt's fault. You know, he, <laughs> he lives with her. Uh, no, but well, I want to tease our listeners that we'll probably get into uh, what any sort of uh, things Peter's learned uh, on his podcast uh, on our Friday show. Because uh, I feel like that is little... if I come back. We'll, we'll see. That's <laughs> true. That's true. We'll have to invite you back anyway. <laughs> Where's so, this um, musical gonna be? Like, what is? That's what? why I didn't tell you about it. We have no chance of ever seeing it. Oh, why? <laughs> St. Louis. I don't know, St. Louis. No chance. I mean, because huh. uh, are you not closer to uh, New York? Yeah, it's pretty far away still. Uh, yeah. Okay, I was gonna say because I mean, yeah, they are they are going to Broadway. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd like and to then, go. I feel like that's still closer. Me. Yeah, I mean that's drivable. Some of our listeners today posted pictures with Robert Mark Kamen and some of the cast members from the musical. So, uh, you never know. You never know who you'll meet. New York is doable, Matt. Is it like yeah. an eight-hour drive? What is it? It's a drive, but you can still fly there for yeah, probably yeah. not too expensive. Okay, we're, we're meeting there. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Um, All right. Now, Robin, before we even get to this, because, you know, those myths already passed, did you maybe want to talk about my um, visiting some of these locations recently, last month? Did you get to go to um, uh, the Devil's Cauldron? Uh, you know what? I couldn't find it on the <laughs> yeah, map. Yeah, no one I can think. find it. <laughs> I, I, for some reason, I just I could not find it. But um, I got to visit the Ennis House. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I visited the Ennis House. I visited the Miyagi shop, which is, yeah, just nothing but steps. steps. Right? <laughs> I think I sent you those pictures. Uh, yes. I took a picture in front of the tattoo shop, which was the, the pottery sh- uh, shop. I, mm-hmm. And I think that's it from part three. That's cool. Yeah. The Edis house, I uh, it just looks spectacular. I'd I love to just wander around in there. Uh, you want to hear the story about the Edis house? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so um, for those that don't know, uh, early April, I was approved for media credentials to go work the red carpet at Paley Fest, which is a television festival, and I got to cover Cobra Kai night. So I got to interview everybody that came down, and that's, um, you know, many of you guys may have seen the clip of uh, Billy talking to me after I asked to take a picture with him. <laughs> he just... You know, thanked me for being there, saying that it was important that I was there, that I was there since day one. And so oh they God. acknowledged me being there and all that. Very sweet stuff. Oh, amazing. Um, over 10,000 views the last time I checked, you know. I, I, <laughs> I just like, all these random people are just sharing it. Because I think also 
it was like the first footage of like any of the cast in such a long time, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, a lot of my interviews and stuff kind of started circulating. Um, so the day after a listener of mine who I have become friends with over time, he was flying from Pittsburgh to go to this event as well. And it was his first time in California. Now we're also both big back to the feature fans. And so when we were kind of planning, um, you know, like where we were going to stay and things like that, he texted me and was like, Hey, um, have you ever driven a DeLorean? I was like, no, I sat in a few at a comic con. Are you going to rent a DeLorean? And he goes, I'm thinking about it. I go, dude, I will pay half to rent a DeLorean with you. <laughs> so we did. <laughs> we rented, we rented a DeLorean, uh, and we went to as much, uh, back to the future and the karate kid locations that we can get to in, you know, before it got dark. So from 1030 to midnight, we were in the DeLorean. Uh, we started off at golf and stuff and. Uh. Oh my God, that day we felt like celebrities because I kid you not, over 20 times, I kid you not, over 20 times, we would get a, a honk or, you know, people pumping their fists, oh, yeah. you know, out the window, really? hanging out the window to give us a thumbs up, um, <laughs> you know, shouting at us, like all types, you know, people at the red lights nice. looking, we had to get gas and people are taking pictures as we come by. So wow. we go to the, we go to the Ennis house. There's no parking whatsoever. None. So there's a fire lane and fire hydrant and very narrow road. And like, yeah. well, here it is. We got to get out to get a picture. And we're like, well, there's nowhere to park. Literally nowhere to park. I go, who's going to tow a DeLorean? Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I was like, well, let's just park here in the red lane with the flashers on. So we did. He gets out, stands on the side of the house and poses. I walk across the street. I pull out my phone. And all of a sudden we hear the gate rustling. We're like, oh, so we just kind of like stood there still. This guy walks out with two little dogs on a leash. And we're, we're looking at each other like, should, should we just ask for permission anyway? I mean, I don't know. We were going to take it regardless. Yeah. <laughs> and so I tried getting his attention and he paid no mind. And then he walks across the street and starts walking the other, uh, other direction. And we're like, oh, okay. So I'm about to take a picture again. And then he stops, turns around again, and, and he has his phone this time. And he takes a few pictures of the DeLorean and then walks off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So... Yeah, we took a few photos and, and then we took off. So yeah, that was that was the end of his house. Um, the the lot, yeah, it's a small street. There's there's a, a train track still, and I have no idea how they did donuts there. But granted, when we were there, there were cars parked on both sides of the street, so it made it even look uh, smaller. Um, right, right. But hard. I'm just like, damn, how did they do that there? <laughs> so yeah, precision yeah, driving. Mm. completely empty there's a, a billboard and um the steps are there we stood on the steps you know pretended to sweep it and um <laughs> yeah the the tattoo shop can't even recognize it as the the pottery place so yeah and yeah that's it for part three Fun. cool i really yeah. wish somebody could find the devil's cauldron real life yeah <laughs> yeah the closest i've gotten to something that looks like that i was in hawaii and i found the bridge that daniel and kumiko run underneath during that sequence of glory of love so right. we did that in January. Oh, what a song. Yes. <laughs> Who cares about your trip? What a song. What a song. No, no. That, thanks for sharing. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry I forgot about that. I know I was supposed to brief you on that. All right. Let me uh let me let's get into the nitty-gritty of uh these first uh three these not first three minutes, eighty-one to eighty-four of the Karate Kid Part Three. They begin with Miyagi Do training in the Cobra Kai Dojo and end on the high wire. On the uh, speaking of great songs. Uh yeah, right. Um <laughs> all right. We pick up where we left off on Friday with Daniel LaRusso after 
breaking Mr. Miyagi's heart, now using Nakata Miyagi train him in to get some balance in the Cobra Kai dojo. Um, I just wanted to point out here, like Avildsen, again, expertly showing us in the dojo mirrors, like uh, where where is balance when there is two Daniel LaRusso's competing right in front Mm -hmm. of us. The man Miyagi trained him to be and this new guy shedding his skin, so to speak. To become molting. I'm just picturing a whole Daniel skin in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oof, get David um, Cronenberg to film that scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some body horror in your crew. Oh, yeah. Peter, it, it's during this movie where I could really understand how deep Daniel's hatred of Cobra Kai comes from 35 years later. Like, yeah, sure. I think it leans on that they bullied him and he doesn't want them coming back. But it's the fact that Johnny was reopening the school and training Cobra Kai methods that some of Daniel's deepest fears are what happened to him. Uh, and, and Terry purports to be teaching it right, blaming Kreese for how bad it got. And now, and then years later, Johnny says the same exact thing. Of course he's going to freak out about this. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. You know, it's like history repeating itself just in a different face. And, and not only just a different face, it's the face that he saw all the time in the first movie, you know, uh, from, yeah. from the blueberry pie scene to the one where he pushes <laughs> him up against the wall and puts his finger in his face. So all these deleted scenes we haven't seen before, right. um, you know, it, it just kind of adds to that rivalry over the years. Uh, and, uh, you know, since we're seeing Daniel doing that full kata without, you know, synchronized with Miyagi, uh, Matt, what do you, what do you think? I mean, you are a kata expert as well as martial <laughs> arts uh, expert. It's uh, not bad. It's pretty good. Uh, I mean, he's only, he's only had one kata to, to learn to do. Uh, <laughs> is that one know, kata I, that those series of moves? He, he's a little bit robotic when he does it. He's like, just like, <laughs> he's just like going cool. through the motions, but not like, there's no, there's no like smoothness. There's no, no, no fluidity. Fluidity. Yeah, it's not fluid. You're right, exactly. But so perhaps he's actually some... trying to do the robot. We don't know. You know, it's <laughs> Aiden, right? His, his like behind Hancock in the background. <laughs> his poses are fine mostly. Again, it's just for the... being a dancer, like he's he's very like a little uncoordinated. I don't know. He, I don't know. It's not necessarily. It's just that he like just doesn't seem to put like a heart into it. I guess. Hmm. Or I don't know. So you're saying you should listen to it? You should listen <laughs> to his yes. Robin. Mm-hmm. But anyways, it's it's definitely I mean, I can see some improvements from the last time he did it. But yeah. I'm I'm more stuck on is he's he's only had to learn one kata. <laughs> when I was in karate, you had to learn three, four, five, six kata per belt. <laughs> so mm. and then you know, the higher belt you were, you could be called at any time to to do one of the ones you learned when you were a beginner, right? You still had to know it. Yeah, like wasn't there like it, like wasn't there like a video of like you in a karate tournament as mm, a kid, and yeah. then they got your dad to do like a your kata or something, and then he couldn't remember. Yeah, yeah. and your dad was a black belt. Yeah. <laughs> so you're saying yeah. we should post that in our group? <laughs> <laughs> we can post my home movies. Sure, it's super boring. Just <laughs> Wow! May I, uh, <laughs> may I pimp out an interview? If uh, mm-hmm. for those that uh, are interested in katas, um, you know, again, uh, if I come back on Friday here uh, if, <laughs> and uh, talk about the musical, I did interview a karate Olympian who participated in the Tokyo Olympics back in 2020. 
her name is uh, Sakura uh, Kokomai, and she just recently competed over the weekend here and won gold uh, in karate. Oh, cool. um, but yeah, she was in, enlisted to come uh, kind of help and uh, show the cast how to do kata and stuff like that. Robert Mark Kamen uh, also sh- uh, told her some of the things that um, he wanted them to kind of implement into like the different dojo styles you know the cobra kai and, and and stuff like that so so that was a really fun interview to kind of hear a little bit from her cool so yeah, they, she, she created her own kata you mean or she just took kata she already knew and and gave certain ones to certain schools uh you know i don't remember that part <laughs> <laughs> listen listen to find out yeah, and then yeah. remind Peter. <laughs> you know, just, just because, like you know, I also, I also spoke with RMK, and so he had his story, then she had hers, and yeah. so at this point, I'm kind of misremembering who said what. You've done a yeah. lot of interviews. <laughs> 108. Yeah, it's <laughs> a lot. All right, uh, so yeah. so Terry walks into the dojo, and he's really irritated that Daniel's using that kata, and he starts like yelling in his face, and then the demanding he calls him sir, and. Um, Instead of like protesting, he's just like, yes, sir, you're right. I'm sorry. Uh, like Daniel has been broken by Terry. Like he respects him. Uh, it's like, and, and quite frankly, he is, uh, he's really responding well to bullying. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the one thing is like, this is essentially Daniel's uh, second mentor slash sensei. He doesn't know how to react. So, you know, it's like, well, Miyagi was, was one way he has seen Chris from afar, not his own mentor. So, He's just like, well, I mean, I guess this is how he is as a sensei. Maybe I just fall in line and do as he says. But yeah. Matt, you, you know, you dabbled. So um, is that is that un- uncommon for a sensei to be like, call me sir? Would they uh, not prefer sensei? I think they prefer sensei, yeah. But yeah. like his whole military kind of drill. Mm. I mean, yeah. when when they're addressing like the whole big group of people, sure, they'll 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 kind of yell out commands. So everybody can hear them, but you know when it's a one-on-one, I don't. There's let from what I, what I experienced, you know, it was more more intimate, less less uh, disciplined or not disciplined, disciplinary. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think Daniel probably is like, oh, okay, this is what it's like. Like before, he just like went to the Y, and I'm not sure what the teaching was there, and then learned from a book. And he went into Cobra Kai and he was all ready to sign up before he saw Johnny. So uh, I'm sure he was just like, oh, this is how like, you know, Miyagi has his own thing and it's a little off uh, the nor- the beaten path or whatever, but it works and I believe in it. But this is a different thing and maybe this is going to help me like harden me up and, and push me through to the, the, the tournament. This is just Terry's Vietnam coming through. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it is absolutely. Um, and, and and you know maybe Daniel is just kind of going along with it because you know when they first met, he was like, "Hey, yeah, you know my my sensei master, uh, Kim Sung Young, you know." So maybe there's some kind of like, "Okay, well this guy knows stuff, so I'm just, you know, he's going to train me, so I might as well just listen." So, uh, so Terry's tone changes once Daniel acknowledges he's right and he's sorry. Uh, then he walks Daniel back to the punching bag to teach him about Quicksilver rule number three, which is a man can't see, he can't fight. Uh, and uh, by the way, pop quiz, can you guys remember what the other two rules are in this intensive short-term system? <laughs> yes. Um, oh, so, America. yeah, a man can't see, he can't fight, a man can't stand, he can't fight, a man can't breathe, he can't fight. 
Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. You win. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Uh, also, we're so what, on what, what our, do I win? Uh, <laughs> five you points? come back on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, we're on our last lesson with Terry. So let me go back to his original quote. He said, now, over the years, I've developed a system of intensive short-term trading for situations just like this. It comes in two parts and has three rules. I call it Quicksilver. Now, I get what the three rules are. Can you guys tell me what the two parts are? Because this is not like a quiz. I have no idea what the two parts are. <laughs> no idea. No idea, right? Yeah, I, didn't, yeah. I, I went back over the script. I looked back at the movie a little bit. I'm like, where was the sec? Did the second part start already, or is? No idea. Maybe, maybe he just never maybe, got maybe to the off, second part. Maybe off camera. Maybe, what was his maybe. other? What was his other thing that he he says is like the something D's? Is it two D's or Di- three D's? Or, I think it's. I think there's three. Oh yeah, and the I, three D's. Yeah. So maybe that's the other part: the three D's and then the Quicksilver. And maybe I think it comes up in Cobra Kai as well. Mm. I think. I it, think yeah, he, the, he the D's definitely do come up. Right. Yeah. Uh. So Crazy. Terry. T- so terry uh teaches daniel basically to break his opponent's nose uh he describes it with relish by saying he'll be blinding by his tears and choke on his own blood Uh, (laughs) red alert daniel uh i mean he runs into the fist so it's not daniel's fault so (laughs) yellow alert daniel likes that even Yeah. yeah i mean he won the last tournament by johnny running into his foot so why not you like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the I think foot was just to... there and there, and, you know, Johnny ran into it. Yeah, he's – I think, you know, if Terry really wanted to teach him how to be full Cobra Kai, he'd have to teach him how to be kind of slippery. Like, uh, not only to pull these moves off, but to be able to con- actually convince a ref afterwards that, oh, yeah, he ran into my fist. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, uh, this is part of my notes where I was asking you guys, has, have any of you uh, would like to admit to breaking anybody's nose? <laughs> I've had mine broken. <laughs> that own. was my second question. <laughs> By your own brother. Yeah. Oh, um, no. It was an accident. Knock on wood. I've never had anything broken, and I have gotten into one fight when I was 13. That's it. Mm-hmm. But did you break Three a points. nose? I no, I did not. Uh, no, no, I, I gave a bloody nose. Okay, but it didn't break, right? So it, it doesn't did, count. As far as I know, it did not break. <laughs> yeah. All right. Did Hallie break your nose that one time that she punched you? <laughs> no, my my six year old niece at the time did not break her nose. <laughs> she was like, I don't know. I just re- what what happened ex- again? It was like we were just like walking home, and she was like, I was, Matt was like fist. play fighting with her. I was her. pretending to tease you or something yeah and then then she like came at me she like pushed you in the snow she like pushed me and i let myself fall over obviously and then she like she like mounted on my chest and did the old ground and pound (laughs) on my face (laughs) she was like six (laughs) (laughs) wait a second that sounds like you ran into it (laughs) she did like a really good punch on your face yeah she went like straight back and then straight down into my nose (laughs) i was like good for her No, I, I just like the fact that she's standing up, you know, like that's, yeah. that's, that's great for yeah. six years old. Yeah. yeah. Notice that she was defending my honor. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> so chivalrous. Yeah. 
Uh, so we have Daniel like really starting to shed that skin and, um, and, and he actually laughs. Like if you watch the movie, he laughs at the idea of breaking someone's nose and making them bleed and winning that way. Like, it's just pretty crazy how far we've gotten with this. I mean, I guess it helps that probably in his head, he's thinking of Mike Barnes, who he just completely hates at this point. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, if we think back to like, um. Cobra Kai, for example, in that first season where Miguel imagines Kyler behind the dummy. Yeah. Um, in season four, okay, yeah, it's not spoiled because it's been out long enough. Um, same thing with uh, Kenny, who pictures Kyler yet again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kyler seems to be the, uh, the 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 pattern there. You think about Kyler and you get really pissed oh, off. Oh, he didn't picture Anthony? Not not in the uh, Cobra Kai dojo. Well, it, when was it? Was it when he was in the bathroom, maybe, and he was about to go at uh, Nate and Bert? Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know. It's I don't remember. I'm sorry, <laughs> but okay. but um, uh, you, you know, just but you're right. You know, maybe he is picturing um, Mike Barnes, and and he likes the idea of that. But also, you know, um, he's quote unquote a a cobra in training, and coming from a a system that is more defense, he might. You know he's he's kind of uh, flirting with the the quote unquote dark side, right? Strike first, strike um, hard, no mercy. Maybe just the idea of striking first is a little sexy, you know. So he's kind of like, hey, hey, you know, I like that. Yeah, so, yeah. But also, you're you a cobra. You gonna teach you, me how to punch? Exactly. Movie, yeah. And and to be a cobra, you have to like things, right? I like that, you know. So you gotta <laughs> you gotta start. <laughs> that's, that's the that's the creed yeah. of crease. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, all right, so. Uh, we have Terry telling Daniel to give it a shot, but then he catches his punch. Um, and uh, I just wanted to make the joke, talk about Quicksilver. Um, and- so, <laughs> but again, like you see this, like this almost like, you know, it's our closest thing to a physical confrontation between Daniel and Terry, even though, you know, obviously it's sparring, but like, I am dying to see T- Daniel fight Terry in Cobra Kai. I know he'd be outmatched here. But like, I, I think uh, the the way I had it pictured in my head was he they fight and Terry tries all three of the Quicksilver methods on Daniel and Daniel blocks every one of them and then is just like oh I haven't forgotten you know something like badass like that mm. Mm. I'm sure we'll see it at some point uh, I I, I don't it. know how how much of like our content you guys have checked out but have you guys um heard or whatever of my chosen theory in season five no no i haven't i started listening to your uh your review of the trailer but i haven't got all the way through it yet okay i i do mention it there um and so i had mentioned it and watch party started uh, scripting a, a new video and he listened to our breakdown he's like dude i had the exact same idea and it, it was something that i theorized like prior to season three because we're like, oh, Chosen's coming, so let's let's think about this. And it, it never happened, and I kind of dropped it. And then when we saw the trailer of season five, I was like, it's very possible it happens here. So I don't know, Matt, if you just want to wait to finish that, if you guys maybe want me to mention it. Yeah, yeah go ahead and mention it for, for yeah. um, listeners' sake, it, I guess. Yeah, it, it's a theory, you know, obviously. And um, I didn't really think about it again until I saw the trailer. And, um, you know, the fact that, chosen delivers like the most badass line of like all seasons thus far which i feel there's probably going to be more in season five because you don't like um you know you don't keep your uh, eggs in one basket right like that couldn't be the baddest 
line in the, in the fifth uh, season. So I, I expect some more, hopefully. Mm. Um, but yeah, when he goes up to, or Terry Silver's like, you know, I told you not to play with fire, Danny boy. And Chosen says, you know, and I am gasoline. Um, but I was thinking, well, in season three, they kind of set up like, okay, Chosen has no wife, no kids. And um, uh, uh, my initial theory was like, what if Chosen died while trying to um, defend slash protect Daniel and wow. dies an honorable death? Like how, you know, redeeming his character and like, okay, he finally understood the the thing of honor. Um, but also I was just like, well, like how, how do you make it impact the fans? You know, like you, you said you had no family, no kids. That's a little too easy, right? That's, you know, like, um, well, if he died, I don't think it would have been as, as meaningful because it's like, well, he left no, nobody behind, but in season five with the trailer, it looks like they're setting him up to be a real badass. You know, this guy once was willing to fight to the death with Daniel. Mm. And so it could happen here where they set him up to be such a big bad, uh, a big badass where he becomes an instant fan favorite for those that were kind of like on the cusp, like eh, chosen seems cool. But that line made everyone like, Holy, sh-, you know, like Joey's <laughs> a badass. And then yeah. like, yeah well then if he dies like you know fighting silver trying to protect daniel i think that would kill everybody you know just like oh my god yeah. what the, what, that was my favorite you know that kind of thing so it kind of makes sense you know and it'd be uh, crazy I, to have I, a death on that show you know <laughs> but look five seasons at this point how do you continue to top yourself you know yeah, we've and never had I, a we've never had a non-age related death in the franchise have we we the only death we've had was tommy in the second season because oh, right, yeah. And I know people are like, oh, we don't need deaths. I go, oh, I'm not asking for it. But like, how do you make it any different from the previous ones? Like you have to up it, you know, uh, up in another notch every season. And I love Chosen, you know, more than many people. I'm not saying I'm his number one fan, but I, I would like to think I am. But yeah. I wouldn't want it. But it would kind of make sense for the story because I don't I don't see him coming back um, much more. Yuji Okamoto owns a couple of restaurants in northern Washington. So, hmm. Yeah. So, uh, that, yeah, that's just what I thought. And um, Watch Party has a, an amazing video that uh, kind of uh, echoes the same things I mentioned, uh, and then some because he's a much more writer, a better writer than than me as a thinker. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Well, people we'll see. Check that out. Yeah. Um, all right. So <laughs> you heard my timer. I'm barely through my notes, but I'm going to try to push us along <laughs> a little bit more. Uh, all right. So. Uh, Terry has Daniel hyped, uh, something, you know, we, the primal part of Daniel is always crave from karate, you know, harnessing that anger and frustration and unleashing it. And so, yeah, Daniel unloads and it, and he makes it. So our little dummy, uh, Woody or whatever we want to call him can't walk, <laughs> can't breathe, can't see, uh, takes it right away. Um, and, and I will say in a junior novelization before he does this, Daniel thinks, about oh you know i had the power to break the ice in okinawa i could, you know if i could do that i could take care of these boards i could probably chop right through someone's head yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a little I, bit of a nice physical acting from um from ralph macchio as he was going from the punching bag to the, the wooden dummy and i don't know if it was meant to be funny or what but i laugh at it every single time because he's like oh hey Let's come over here. And as they're walking, Daniel keeps looking back like, well, that looks a lot safer and softer yeah. <laughs> than the beams. So, yeah, I like that. 
Uh, the junior novelization says, quote, suddenly he was transformed. Daniel felt like a karate machine, <laughs> which I love. Um, and, and if you notice, one of the legs doesn't exactly break all the way through. I wish I did one more take of that and made it <laughs> so Daniel went through all, everything. But we also get a great piece of uh, Bill Conti score. Uh, very action, very dramatic. It also like has the sound of like something scary just happened. And, uh, and the track actually is titled Terry Owns Daniel. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. So uh, Terry and Daniel celebrate and, uh, you know, Daniel's hyped. He's ready. He's excited. Uh, uh, so the dance is next, but I do need to tell you guys about a scene that was cut. Um, oh. Yes. <laughs> I'm not sure if it was filmed or not, but it was a new junior novelization. And usually those are based on scripts that are right before filming or whatever. So before he goes to Jessica's, Daniel heads to the bonsai shop. And he sees a help wanted sign. Uh, we find out that the store has been open a few days and Miyagi was able to buy his truck back because of the sales. Uh, so, boy, he's doing pretty good. <laughs> but Daniel's like confused about the sign. Uh, Miyagi says, I can't run the shop alone. <laughs> he's like, there's something wrong with your tournament training if you're coming home bloody and bruised and angry and you're forgetting all your other responsibilities. Uh, what does Daniel do? He just blows his top again. And he says, this is not what it's all about. You wanted me to quit and you're not uh, helping me. And now you're seeing somebody that I can train for the tournament without you. Now you're using the shop to blackmail me. <laughs> wow. So Daniel finally tells Miyagi, he's like, you know what? You can keep the whole shop. I don't care. And he storms out and he throws the help wanted sign into the gutter outside. <laughs> Whoa. <Yeah>. Wow. <laughs> it's pretty yeah, pretty. I Pretty intense. Uh, that's a, that's wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't even have a guess whether or not it would have been filmed. But I can see why it'd be cut because it's it's a little redundant. Or we're already yeah. kind of picking that up in context, you know. Mm. Um, and I think it probably just make us, you know, hate them even more. But, but <laughs> I do I do like the men, the mention of the the store and the, yeah. the workings of the store. Like we like right. Robin mentioned before, we never see a single customer in that store. Like nope. It's like a after it's established, it's like a non part of the story. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean it should be I mean it should be vital to know like Daniel got Miyagi into this and now he's just going off and being secret and fighting with Miyagi and yada yada yada. All right. Uh now we head to the dance. Uh, we go to the downstairs and much like the title, it is located downstairs and we get a sense of time. Now, Jessica said that she was headed back to Columbus after Thanksgiving and Daniel got these tickets for the night before she went home. So we know it's, uh, you know, right around the end of November, beginning of December, hmm. uh, the downstairs, Way after, uh, uh, take a warm for a walk week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be yeah. early November. Uh, <laughs> Here's a location you missed out on, Peter. The downstairs is actually a landmark built in 1926 by the same firm that built the El Capitan, the Music Box, the Mayan Theater, other L.A. landmarks like that. Wow. Uh, back then, it was built as a meeting hall for the Independent Order of the Odd Fellows, which uh, seems like something I need to join up with. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Where's that located? It's a huge building that was unoccupied for years and was bought in 2010. It is now a place called Casa Vertigo. 
uh, which has three floors of ex- ex- exhibition spaces used for parties and filming productions. Uh, the one we're in now is called the Chateau Ballroom. Um, and other movies that are filmed here were like End of Watch, Saw. Uh-huh. The majority of Saw is filmed in a set that was built in this ballroom, by the way. <laughs> wow. Wow. A uh, little, little more of a connection. Million Dollar Baby uh, was was filmed there, and huh. uh, Dodgeball. Uh, if you guys remember huh. Dodgeball, we are not only in the same place where you know Saw takes place, something as violent as that, but also the gym where we first found out if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. <laughs> you know what? Dodgeball is also quite violent. Yeah, <laughs> especially when yeah. he throws wrenches. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty amazing. We um when when we were making our trips around you know, California, we went to the street where you have the um, old McFly home, uh, the bank, the Baines is home and grandma Tannen. And um, this guy came out, saw the DeLorean, started speaking with us. And he owned the house that they rented for uh, to film old school. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't know whose house it was, but he was sharing that story. It was actually pretty cool. (laughs) Uh, One other thing I wanted to note were the, uh, uh, clothes like Jessica looking the best she's had. She has been all movie. She, her hair is done. It's a little white top, a little black vest number, billowy skirt. Meanwhile, Daniel's wearing jeans, uh, a light sweater over a collared shirt and his red jacket. <laughs> Just like, Really? I, mean, I, I feel like his, 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 his thing was just like, nah, she just wants to be friends. I'm just going to put a eh, zero effort into this. I don't need to put effort in, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Daniel him? hasn't put that much effort into this. Since so. the prom, you know, that, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, Daniel's not really known for, like, to, you know, to, to have, I mean, maybe he has nice clothes, but we don't see him dressed like too nice anywhere he goes, really. They're pretty right. casual stuff. That's Cobra Kai Daniel stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got to learn some style from uh, Amanda, maybe. I don't know. Uh, so they walk downstairs. It actually is downstairs. And Daniel again has to remind Jessica of the conversation that they had with Terry Silver when they were out jogging. Um, and uh, but as Jessica points out, Daniel is saying some of the same things he said about Mr. Miyagi, uh, and he's like, "Oh, it, he's different," <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, he is. And, he, and he's like, uh, oh, yeah. How do you mean different? And Daniel's like, oh, I'll have to show you sometime. And a quick cut to Daniel breaking Jessica's nose later. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that is different. <laughs> uh, we all know Daniel's a dance machine. So he heads right out to the floor with Jessica to the lamest music ever. We'll get into the music on Wednesday. Um, but this seed was originally scripted to have a big dance number. And none other than Paula Abdul was hired to choreograph this. Uh, she's actually in the credits as dance choreographer. Um, so she still got paid. She might have done some work on it. But Ralph, I guess, shut it down. He apparently had no idea why they would need to choreograph a dance scene. And it just didn't make any sense to him. Hmm. I can okay. see that. Just just from what we know about the production of Part 3. So. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I was like, come on, I'll just do my spin move and uh, <laughs> we're good. I mean, it's yeah. not like it's a huge dance number or anything. It's not like several people are like, you want it to, you don't want it to look that choreographed. You want it to look like it's just regular, normal people dancing, right? right. It's kind of right. musical. Like, <laughs> I, I wonder if it's like, you know, like, I, I don't think it would have been uh, staged as like a, 
something from um I'm West thinking Side on the Story. name here. Well, <laughs> yeah. oh, definitely not that, but like uh, uh the one with Patrick Dempsey, um I'm blanking on the Lover name. Boy? Those are no, not Can't Buy Me Love. Can't Buy Me Love. Thank All you. Right. I don't think it would be a sequence like that. Catalog. Right. You know, uh-huh. like it would be them. And then all of a sudden everybody falls in. I don't think it'd be something like that. You know, I think it would be something where Daniel and Jessica, they go out and get into the dance floor and draw enough attention that everyone starts to like make room for them on the floor kind of thing. I think it would be like that sort of dance number. Yeah. And Ralph was probably like, why? Like, what's the big deal? Like, what, why would we need that? <laughs> and also that would also make sense if like, he was going into this movie saying, like, I want a platonic relationship between these two. And I, I can see that. Like, the, the dance number would be meaningless, really. Like, it'd be no point. Yeah. And it's just crazy because of all the musical talent this film hired, talent, quote-unquote, uh, Paula Abdul was, like, a breakout star at this time. This is the same yeah. year she released her smash album, Forever Your Girl, something that 13-year-old Robin might have had on tape. Just putting it Did Rush there. Rush was that on that album? It's got straight up. Cold hearted, you know. All right, Rush, Rush? stop. Rush, Rush. I think Rush, Rush came later. Oh, okay, that's my name. My Abdul catalog. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it probably would have broken dating uh, SMS at this point too. Uh, maybe, maybe, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but it would probably bro- this a dance scene would have probably broken whatever momentum they have going here. Which yes. Uh, so these guys head off to dance to. Uh, lame music somehow um, that we see hiding behind a column Terry Silver in his carefully tailored civilian disguise uh, like a predator stalking his prey uh, he overhears an argument between a girl and her jealous boyfriend um, which is just like what are you looking at other guys like that for and he's, she says you got some nerve you're huck- yeah your huckleberry friend I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but um, – and then she says, get out of my way, white boy. Is she referring <laughs> like Moon River? Uh, I, I, I mean – Isn't that one of the a... lyrics in that song? He really? Says, he talks about, yeah, he talks about it. I only know this because of the Simpsons. Because hmm. <laughs> they go – at one point, the Bart and his friends go to like uh, – what are they? They go to like, is it Nashville or something? Or anyways, like remember. Nelson. Nelson wants to see Andy. He sees a billboard Andy for Andy Williams, and he wants to go see it. He's like apparently a big fan. Anyways, yeah, they go see Andy Williams, and he sings Moon River, and that's one of the lyrics. Hmm. Like wow. that exact line. Yeah, my Huckleberry right. friend. Right now, past <laughs> guests either Niall, Sean, or Jeff are posting a meme in our Facebook group. <laughs> <laughs> The Simpsons are, yeah. Uh, I only, I only know uh, Doc Holiday's uh, "I'm Your Huckleberry," exactly. <laughs> which is where I want to, which is where yes. I want to draw this little connection here, um, because I found out something. Like, do you guys know who this kid is? Yes, no. I've interviewed him. Gabriel Jarrett, really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Why don't you tell us? Uh, Gabriel Jarrett was Mitch in uh, Real Genius. Real genius! Uh, yeah. With Val Kilmer. With Val Kilmer, who played huh. Chris. And the names Mitch and Chris were used in season two for Khalil Everidge and Aiden Minks, who are Chris and Mitch. Oh, I didn't even know that. Wow. Yeah. And obviously, Yuji Okamoto was in Real Genius. His dad. Robin, yes, I thought right? that's why you asked me to be on the show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, please. Uh, so yeah. his dad uh, wrote 
Gabriel's dad wrote the Every Which Way films for Clint Eastwood. Oh my God, really? Yep. And his first role as a kid was a movie that his dad ended up directing after writing those films. Uh, it was called Going Ape. Uh, so oh he knows God. a lot about primates. Why? Uh, so, I don't know. <laughs> I just like, get the Every Which Way guy to direct this uh, Going Ape film. Why not? Oh my God. Soon Did after... You, um... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Soon now, uh, let me just, uh, he's co-starring with Val Kilmer in one, like, one of the best comedies of the 80s, I'll just say it. Yeah. Then his fantastic. IMDb goes cold for a couple of years until he starts getting a couple of TV guest spots. And then he's just like playing this random jerk in part three. Uh, I mean, he has been in bit parts in Apollo 13, The American President, Frost Nixon, uh, some direct-to-video stuff, uh, stuff, of course. But like... It's so weird. It's this is like maybe three years after Real Genius. He's co-starring yeah. with Val Kilmer in that, and now, and now he's playing some jerk at <laughs> Dancing Karate Kid Three. I I don't know. I so if you're ever wondering whatever happened to the kid from Real Genius, that's that's him. And I, I guess we can hear more from uh, Cobra Kai companion talking to uh, Gabriel Jarrett. Yeah, and so the funny thing is, I I, I forget that I interviewed him because that um i had interviewed him for my movie podcast and that was after it might have been for the real genius review i don't know if it was separate or with with the review of real genius and i reached out and um i don't remember how long it took for him to respond but he did he's like my apologies like i didn't see your message and so um i think for whatever reason we recorded late at night and he was like driving around la while (laughs) <laughs> while we were talking and um you know we talked about real genius and then we talked about the karate kid part three and he says that you know uh you know ralph was great pat was great uh he said he was sick as a dog that night <laughs> and he really wanted to push through but also they um obviously it's been so long so i forget but he said they had so many takes that he was starting to get black and blue you know all these bruises to falling on the ground and stuff and yeah um and he said he just kept on like mentioning like uh, ralph was like really nice to him and and maybe like kind of talked him through like hey yeah you'll be fine you know kind of kind of that thing so like as as much as we hear like how ralph hated the movie he was still like a pretty nice guy to people uh, on yeah. set i hear conflicting reports basically <laughs> sure yeah sure. So many... this was from his you know yeah give it a yeah. mouth so, because I often tell people like, "Oh yeah, William Christopher Ford was my first ever interview in the Credit Card Universe," but that's because it was specifically for those movies. I, I forget about G- uh, Gabriel Jarrett for Real Genius, uh, who shared that little tidbit too. Uh, love Real Genius. I really want to rewatch it after discovering. <laughs> do it, do it. It's a great movie. Uh, I think so, it's better and- than Weird Science. Hmm. Well, that's a good double feature, though. It is. Uh, watch watch Weird Science first, so that way you're just not like, <laughs> you know, after watching Real Genius first and watch Weird Science, you're going to be like, oh, it's going to feel a little slow, and, and yeah. Weird Science doesn't hold up as much. Oh, I bet. Uh, so anyway, Terry grabs uh, Mitch Taylor from Real Genius, uh, his cigarette out of his mouth, whispers something to him, flashes cash before they walk off together. Now, if we didn't know any better... Dot, dot, dot. That's a, I'm just going to put that. <laughs> buying a cigarette. Uh, you got any more of those? Because I want this yeah. one. Oh, yeah. well, I got some over here in my jacket. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we watched Daniel and Jessica dance a little. We get a close-up of the band. And that's where this segment wraps up a whole lot for three minutes. I apologize for the length of this episode, but uh, uh, there was a whole lot to cover. Well, uh, it is time for us to rock and roll. Uh, 
just as uh, Daniel says. Thank you so much for joining us today, Peter. You want to come back yeah. on Wednesday for three more Karate Kid three minutes? As of right now, only Wednesday. Okay. All right. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. Uh, and of course, we have to <laughs> – we have plugged it a lot already, but please let people know formally uh, where they can find uh, your podcasts. Yeah, thank you. Um, uh, yeah, just type in Cobra Kai Companion, Companion spelled with the K on any podcast app. Uh, we're on um, social media. I'm pretty active on Twitter and also on Instagram, which recently I was hacked. And shout out to Justin R., who is a longtime listener of ours and surprisingly works for Facebook. It's like, no one messes with my podcast and <laughs> helped me out and I got my account back. So, nice. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, uh, just type in Cobra Kai Companion. Um, actually, if you just Google us, you're going to find so much content just because of the way we spelled it. And that was on purpose. So that way, anytime you type in Companion with a K, you'll find all of our stuff. The interviews from Paley Fest, um, spoke with Thomas Ian Griffith, uh, Ralph Macho, uh, William Zapka, uh, the creators, Peyton List, uh, Mary Mauser, Tanner, yeah, all of them that showed up there that night. So, uh, yeah, check them out. Doing the old Mortal Kombat method of uh, standing out by changing the C to the K. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, and the, yeah, it, it was just on purpose because I'm a companion, such a common word for you know, like uh, TV reviews and stuff like that. Oh, the companion piece to whatever. And that's how I came up with companion in the first place. I wanted it to be the companion piece to Cobra Kai and just spelling it different would, would make us stand out. Yeah. But yeah, yeah you Mortal gotta, you gotta have a good Googleable name. Yeah. Yeah. One of my real. favorite bands is called the music. Try Googling that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I know I'm going to catch him off guard when I say this, but I'm going to say it. And until next time, I'm going to nail him. <laughs> he got it.